This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. It's a tight start to the season. You know, I think this game was a little bit of a, another symptom of that. It's where uh, we're trying to find form. It was our final third stuff today, and that's probably the least of my worries with the players I know we'll have, and when it starts, the relationships build. We've shown already we score a lot of goals this season. What we have done in games where we've been sometimes the better team as we've conceded. Today, I wouldn't say we were madly the better team. I think it was very even, but the clean sheet was a big plus for us. Yeah, holding goes on, headlocks don't go on. I mean, it's a penalty. I, I don't know why it, uh, they, I didn't take long. Sometimes they take minutes and there's a monitor to go and look at. I think if the referee goes to the monitor, he, he absolutely gives that penalty. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, that's frustrating. Over the course of the season, maybe some will come and go. But when you look at that back, look at that back today, that's a penalty. Off the ball kicks off now on BFM 89.9. That was Frank Lampard speaking after the goalless wrestling match at Old Trafford over the weekend. It's me, Ross. This is Off the Ball on a Monday evening. Uh, got with me special guests tonight. Des Corkill is here. Hello, Des. If this was a new year, I would have a New Year's resolution not to talk about VAR. It's not New Year. <laughs> Goglin is also here. Hi, Gogs. Hello, hello, hello. And and good to Arvin, be back. Good to be back. Yeah, good to have you back. Good to have you back, Arvin, as well in the away Leeds United top. Of course, you can't see that yeah. on radio. Hello, Arvin. <laughs> hello, everyone. Loving it. Let's talk football and WWE moves. Looking forward to it. As usual, you can tweet at BFM Radio. You can also follow us on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, I want to say we're not going to talk about VAR, but Des alluded to it. Uh, unfortunately, um, yeah, massive mistake by the officials. It happened at Old Trafford in the nil-nil draw between Chelsea. Harry Maguire literally, physically hauled down Chelsea captain Espilicueta. The incident was reviewed by VAR, but both Maguire and United escaped punishment. Des Corkill, I'm going to let you lose now. It was a bad decision that was uh, sent to VAR. What the heck is the point of VAR? I uh, have been on record listening back to, to what I've been saying since 2016, saying the VAR would only bring bad about the game. It would cause more controversy than it solved. Here's another case in point. It's a, it's a penalty. If, I've got no issue if the referee decides it's not a penalty. When, uh, on first look, no issue whatsoever. If you then send it to VAR and VAR comes back with that kind of clearly wrong decision, then there's something majorly wrong with the VAR system. Scrap it and scrap it now. Well, I think what we need to speak about is consistency also across the board on VAR. I mean, we, we, we talk about that incident and then we look at the uh, what, uh, El Clasico incident. I mean, how is there any consistency in that? Because yeah. that was a well, sh- it was, shirt chunk. It's yeah. consistently bad and wrong. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, technically you're consistently, yeah, they're consistently bad, right, Des? Yeah, I've, I've got, uh, listen, I've got no issue if the referee decides the first one isn't a foul. If he, if he reckons that that's uh, a bit of wrestling going on, try, two lads uh, trying to compete for the ball, no issue if he decides that's a foul or not. However, if they then have to refer it, and now they're terrified to not make uh, any, um, any reference to VAR, if they then refer it to VAR or VAR says, hey, you ought to have a look at this, and VAR so clearly gets it wrong, there is no grey in this, none at all. Yeah. It's yeah. a wrong decision. Well, and okay. if they continually do that, then there is no point in this wretched system. 
you you could theoretically take the blame away from the on-pitch referee because he's he's told by by the guy in Stockley Park watching the VAR, carry on. That that's 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 nothing to see here, right, Arvin? I mean, so that's why play carry on. Exactly. Um, but really, with with I mean, the the, the decision is one thing. That the, the guy sitting in the box is the other thing. I think that the focus also has to be on Harry Maguire here. I mean, I, I don't, I struggle to understand what was he exactly trying to do in that piece of act. I mean, was he mimicking the, the cops with him in Greece? That the act that he was with the, the police in Greece, it was totally, totally uncalled for. I mean, why would you, in that spur of the moment, do what you've done? And I know we will talk about Sergio Ramos later on when we, we talk about the El Clasico, but with the Sergio Ramos incident, You've got another player who, by the rule of law, shouldn't have been pulling someone's shirt. There's a difference here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Harry, yeah, Madrid, yeah, with, yeah. yeah, with Harry, <laughs> it's regardless of how he's fallen, the incident has, is wrong by the rule of law. Now, with Harry Maguire, on the other hand, I'm with Des on this. If you look at it and the ref says, okay, it's a bit of tugging in the penalty box, it happens. They, they go bang to bang. They, they jump on each other, it happens. It doesn't constitute a penalty, fine. But if you look at VAR, and then you see it, and it's obviously very wrong. That's when you've got a flawed system of two tier. The referee has got it wrong. The system has got it wrong. So that's when we have got grave concerns here. Okay, I'm going to have a very soft voice here, and I'm going to speak on behalf of Harry Maguire. Um, I'm going to say that when you jump, you, you do lift your hands for leverage. Now, I think what VAR and the ref saw was that Espy Lequeta was not impeded. He did actually jump for the ball. It's just that Maguire jumped and timed it better, headed it away, but his arms were around and maybe it tightened when he fell. And, and that's when it, it all looked really bad on telly for us. Well, that's my well, only I mean, defense I can think of. You, but I mean, look, for, that, that, that's I, a good defense. Yeah. That's a good defense. But uh, again, that, like what they said, that happens in every corner, right? I mean, Sergio Ramos has made it art at the yeah, yeah. At corners, uh, tackling players. So, yes, if the referee didn't see it and says it, that's what happens in corners, fine. But if you go back and look at it and dissect it on a TV, there is no way that is a there is going to be anything. So yeah. the only defense on VAR is that it happens all the time. Uh, yeah. Okay. Right. Let, let's not give VAR too much time because we, we will come back to it later. I want to talk about the goalkeeper, and and Des should be happy about this because I thought Edward Mendy made three, at least three, really really good saves in in the game. Um, Chelsea have tightened up at the back, Des. Yeah, that, I think that was uh, Frank Lampard's main concern with the, the the new goalkeeper and the new central defensive partnership. Uh, that's the big criticism of Chelsea. They were all they, they were good saves. They were all savable saves. I think the more important thing from Mendy and uh, Chelsea in particular was they looked more confident defensively. They looked uh, like they weren't worried that a mistake was going to happen, um, and that that was the that's the issue with with Kepa. There was a lack of confidence surrounding what he was doing. But if you trust your goalkeeper and your goalkeeper trusts his two centre-backs in particular, that little triangle, uh, it, it, it does give you a platform upon which you can build. And I think Lampard has gone back, like Arteta has at Arsenal, to try and not to concede silly goals. And Mendy, much as I hate to say it, is probably going to do that. I'm, I, I would have liked him to stay um, loyal to Kepa, but um, he didn't. Mendy's come in, done a good job and taken his chance. Yep. Yeah, and Kepa might come back because, I mean, goalkeepers do have their bouts, don't they? But all right, Arvin, Chelsea's newfound solidity, has it blunted the attack? Because, I mean, it's been two nil-nils now. Uh, 
T-Mobile and Enco, uh, you know what I mean, and, and the, the the superstars behind him didn't really muster very much, did they? When you look at it, they conceded six goals against West Brom and Southampton. If you would have put the fixtures to play Sevilla and Man United and think that they would come away with two clean sheets, unlikely, but they've managed to do it, right? So like, like what Dad said, the positivity of this is the fact that Eduardo Mendy has come in and made saves that you would expect him to do. I thought Thiago Silva was really good on the day. That tackle from mm. when when uh, when Cavani almost scored yeah. was, was, was a real old-fashioned type yes. centre-back tackle. But yeah, but when you look at from a perspective of the front three that they had, 160 million, 90 minutes and two shots on target, not good enough. Irrespective if it's raining and the, the conditions well, weren't is, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not good enough. Uh, Kai Havertz, I thought, had his worst game in a Chelsea shirt. He was so disappointing. And I think with Kai Havertz is that Lampard's going to struggle because you don't know where to play Kai Havertz. You give him the free reign to, to run around everywhere and do everything. But at the end of it, the output isn't there. And then when you don't give the service to Timo Werner, he will struggle as well. So, um, not good enough on the day itself. And like I've been saying for a couple of weeks now, the longer this goes on, the longer he doesn't get wins under his belt, he will keep getting pressure on him. And Lampard has to sort it out. It's a matter of it's a 1-0 or 2-1, a shot off someone's backside. He needs to get wins and he's not doing it right now. Okay. Do Man United come away from this this draw, Dow draw, um, with any positives at all? Gogs. Again, this is like, I mean, what uh, Arvin was saying can apply to Ole also in the same instance that, you know, if you're not going to get wins, and especially if you're not winning at Old Trafford, you're going to get the fans on your back or the media on your back. And I mean, you are, you are Man United. You have to set a certain standard. This is definitely not good enough. Regardless of what happened in Europe, you know, this is definitely not good enough. Well, United have now failed to win their first three home matches of a league campaign for the first time since the 72-73 season. That was a bad season. <laughs> I was bad as the following one. They got relegated. Hey, 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 <laughs> yeah, with, with a back heel from Dennis Law. Thank you very much. All right, let's, let's, let's go further back. Let's look back to the Friday night game where at the time, going into the match, Aston Villa were on a 100% record. They hosted newly promoted Leeds United. I think Gabriel Agbonlaho came on and said... <laughs> said Gabby, oh, yeah, it was giving yeah. it. It was giving it, yeah. He was giving it on Twitter, innit? Yeah, he said, oh, the, the, the whole Bielsa thing is just a myth. And I'm going to come to you first, Arvin, because you, you, you're going to take a lot of pride in reviewing this game. 3-0 win and, and, and three goals for Hattrick Bamford. Yeah, uh, relentless. Again, I, I, I've, I watch as much of the teams in the Premier League. I don't think there's a team in the Premier League right now that has an awareness of space as well as leads to. They continuously swarm you defensively and attacking-wise. Can it be done for the rest of the season? That's always been the thing with Bielsa. I think that they can because they played more, more games last season in the championship. He's got a yeah. bigger squad, right? Uh, but with Gabi Agbonoha, I, I don't... I, and I was discussing this with, with a few friends in, in the media and, and they were saying that you've got to make your comments controversial. I get it. You make your comments controversial because you get it <laughs> trending and you get people talking about it. But there's a difference between being controversial and being downright disrespectful. When you come out and you say that the, 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 the manager is a myth and other pundits need to get their head out of his, whatever, <laughs> showing a total disrespect for other pundits. But yeah, but, 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 for, but for Bamford, uh, I mean, once a Chelsea wonder kid, he really, 
I, I, I couldn't be more happier for him because yeah. the boy worked so hard for that team. And that third goal, it reminded me a little bit of the Ronaldinho versus Chelsea. I mean, four defenders around you, a bit of jiggle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going to the they got nicer yeah, so and nicer, really, the goals, as, as they went yeah, along. Yeah, yeah so, so really well done for Leeds. They'll be happy with that. Okay, was it a blip at, at Villa Park then, Goggs? I mean, what happened? Well, well, we like, I mean, again, if, back to the if game, Jack Grealish had scored that chance, yeah, if he had passed Watkins, yeah, if Ollie, he wasn't yeah, so greedy, all right, I didn't want to say that, but that, that's what Grealish does. He runs with the ball, so you know, you, 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 we, we cannot take away his game, that's his game, Grealish. But back to the back to the game in general, it was a great attacking football from both sides. I mean, it was an end to end stuff, and I was watching it with my son at, in the morning. And I was telling him that, uh, you know, watch out for Bamford in the first half. And he was like, what? Bamford? No. <laughs> yeah, see what happened. Because, you know, I've always, I've, like what uh, Arvin said, I've always had Bamford in high regard. And he's, he's an out-and-out striker. And with the goals, like he said, that the, the third goal, I'm a left-footed player. And I'm coming from a left-footed player. That was class, mm. taking it. But again, credit to where credit is due. Leeds swarmed us. Matty Cash had his hands full. Playing and they look, they found the spaces on the left. The the attack was coming down the left. I mean, you we watched the same game, I think, Arvin, and you saw how Matty Cash was having his hands full with uh, what's his name? Who's that on the left? For, uh, Rodrigo and, and, and Jack Harris would, would, would take Harrison, it down yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. So, yeah, the first half. So, yeah, well, three points well deserved for Leeds. Villa need to buck up on the defense, but yeah, I mean, it's still, it was still a good game. I'm, I'm not really worried. We're going to see we're playing Southampton next. See where we take it from there. Right? Boy, the don't, don't, don't knock the Saints. They, they, they were really good over the yeah, weekend. Yeah, well, I know. We're coming to that too. <laughs> from, from a football purist point of view then, Des Corkill, um, Leeds United are, are good fun. They, they, do, they seem to do everything the right way. They're, they're selfless players, you know what I mean? Working for the team. And every time you watch them, you think, oh, they're going to run out of steam, they're going to run out of steam. But they do pull it off. <laughs> I had no emotional investment in this game, so I just uh, watched it and really enjoyed it. I, yeah. I really enjoyed watching two teams trying to go and win a game of football. Yeah. It wasn't anything negative. It was two good sides providing good entertainment and making my Astro subscription worth the money. That's, <laughs> uh, that's that, And that, you know, I've been going on and on and on and yeah. on about value for money. That was value for money. If you have teams trying to play, fabulous, fabulous. Yeah, fabulous. It's, it's a game you wake up at 3 a.m. for. And then yeah, you, you, I, you I, I did, and the, the Bamford's, uh, Bamford's goals were just out of this world. Yeah. Terrific goals. Really good. Everything was good. And Grealish has run. Wow, he's taken... <laughs> can't believe he's getting criticised. He's run from outside, just outside yeah, his own I know, I know, right? <laughs> Gone past five or six players. Dead right he's going to shoot. Dead right. <laughs> no way he was going to pass that ball. <laughs> yeah, but... But in the grand scheme of things, it would yeah. put the one up. You know what I mean? That's why you have the captain's armband. That's why, that's what's... Imagine if we were going, you know, he was entitled to shoot, but oh, what a pass he made. Watkins are tapping. But yeah, a great win for Leeds United. And, and they did it without Calvin Phillips, their central midfield rock, and Captain Liam Cooper as well. So good things ahead, we think, for Leeds United. Um, all right, good win. I think Leeds move up to third or fourth in the early table, which is which is great stuff. Man City, they faced the form team in West Ham United at the London Stadium, and uh, Mikel Antonio scored an absolute beauty overhead kick. Um, City, let's start with them, Arvin. Um, City, Phil Foden came on in the second half, made a difference, got the equaliser. You thought they were going to push on, but. I hate to say this, right? I, I don't know how much he spent 400 million on defenders. I don't know how much on the whole side, but they look really short of players, Man City. 
they did. And, and it's concerning because Pep typically in his fourth season, I think if you look at his record with Bayern and with Barcelona, that the players start to get a little bit disengaged from him because I think he's such a perfectionist and he demands so much from you. After a while, it takes its toll on its players. This is his worst start that he's had in any season of any club after, after five games. So it doesn't bode well. I, I felt it was a really difficult afternoon for them. Like you said, defensively, you, you get Ruben Diaz, who's your, your top defender, your most expensive defender. He struggled physically against Antonio for that goal. If Antonio stayed on, he got injured and he was taken off. He stayed on. You, you never know what would have happened in that yeah. game. Um, but Phil Ford, Phil Ford came in and changed things. But you're right, they look lightweight and that's concerning because Aguero is getting a bit long in the tooth and nail. Uh, Phil Ford will come in and revitalize things. They were looking for KDB to come off the bench to support them. So City for me right now, I just categorize them a lot of huffing and puffing, but just not that machine that we have accustomed to during Pep's time with the club. Okay, let's not take anything away from David Moyes and West Ham here. They've got eight points they've taken from the last four games. Well-earned point against City. Impressive wins against Leicester and Wolves. Moyes has recovered from COVID. He's back on the touchline and is, is champing at the bit, Des. It's still a 5-4-1. It's still a largely <laughs> defensive line. 5-4-1. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for this uh, no, bubble this is, to burst. It's a good-looking 5-4-1, though, Des. I mean, they, yeah, they do well, try and play. Is it? Do they? Do they? More than last year, admittedly. Uh, but I, I'm just seeing them sitting back and breaking very quickly, which is a legitimate tactic. Um, on, on Man City, I, f- I real, really feel they're missing a focal point. Aguero uh, got injured or yeah. something's not yeah. quite yeah. right. And they haven't got that focal point that Aguero did. Not all Guardiola sides need that, that focal point. He had it at Messi. Uh, he hasn't got it with Aguero. But West, West Ham, they're, they're going to collapse. They're going to collapse. There's going to be a, a, a real tailspin from them sooner rather than later. <laughs> you heard it oh, here first. Yeah, yeah, you heard it here first. Those are uh, fighting words, Des. Uh, but Gogs, <laughs> I mean, Des is right though. Uh, how can you spend that much, right? L- literally a billion on, on on your squad, and what your your two strikers are out, and you've got no other cover, really. Yeah, so we had the same conversation two seasons, uh, every season about what, how much they spend, and why they have no depth in defense, actually, right? So now we're going back to the striker role and. Again, we we sit here and we're, he's got fantasy manager riches and he's got no cover for the striker. I mean, come on. Is there no value in the market right now that you cannot find a striker? Get somebody off Chelsea's uh, list. He's got loads of strikers. Hmm? So hmm. I, I have no understand. I don't have no understand what kind of a business practice goes on at Man City that they don't that we sit here and discuss this that they do, they don't see it. You know, it, they, they are they are a machine. They are a merchandise machine that goes out there and does everything calculated. That they don't have this in actually in check. All right. Well, that point means that the Hammers are one point. Sorry, uh, they're above. Man City in the table in 11th. They've got a plus four goal difference, whereas City are on a zero goal difference. All right, we're going to our first break. You stick with us. More of the weekend's football right after this. Well, the rules have been clarified and, and they've looked to, to balance things fair in a fairer fashion. Off the ball on BFM 89.9. Immediate thrust. Recognisable certainty and a nasty dig in the ribs. Off the ball on BFM 89.9. Hey, thanks for sticking with us, Des Corkill, Arvin Sidhu and Gogolin. Joining me this Monday evening to talk football. Now, the Reds, Liverpool, the current champions, uh, are back to winning ways. They beat Sheffield United 2-1 
in the late Saturday game, early Sunday morning game. Um, Sheffield United, they, they're on a terrible run, but um, I mean, it's now 62 games unbeaten, is it? Des Corkill at Anfield. That's that's back to the Liverpool Shankly days, and and you know what I mean, Paisley days when they used to Paisley days, yeah. Yeah, they, the time when I was going on the cop regularly, and uh, we just didn't expect to get beaten. It's it's, it's back again. Dreadful VAR decision, just dreadful VAR decision <laughs> to, to award the, the the penalty. It's it's again. If if the referee has made the call, it's a it's a foul. Okay, that's fine. Give give the foul, but to then retrace it back and. Uh, well, the referee um, did give a foul outside the box. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's, <laughs> yeah. uh, so I've got no issue with that. Even if the referee gives the penalty, I've got no issue with it. Mm. Um, apart from it's not a penalty, it's a really good tackle. Uh, but that's that's just another dreadful, 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 dreadful decision. Get rid of this abomination called VAR. Full stop. But then Liverpool played pretty well. Um, uh, Salah was denied a goal correctly because he was offside. Um, but the linesman just needs to put his flag up if he's offside. And yeah. then everyone will be happy. <laughs> well, th- this it's, is it's, it. It's a very uncomplicated game. Okay, I'm he's, glad he's on you, the wrong side. I'm glad you mentioned that, Des. I'm glad you mentioned that. Now, now this season, the they new don't put rule, up the flag. Well, yeah. that's it. That the new rule is to let play carry on. So uh, you you couldn't look back to the whole Jordan Pickford incident. He would have panicked. He would have thought, "Oh my God, I need to go and nullify this." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When when it was already offside, the, and and the lines. We'll mention it. We'll mention it on the Southampton game against Everton. Southampton yeah. scored a really good goal. It's literally eight seconds. I went back and counted. It's eight seconds between the ball being over the top and the um, and the man being offside, and the ball hitting the back of the net. When the ball hits the back of the net, the assistant referee puts the, the flag up. It's just stupid. Hmm. Just stupid. If you're okay. stupid, then change things. Anyway, back to Liverpool. They played very well. Jota scored a really good goal. Deserved the victory. Um, and uh, Fabinho will be fine at centre-back. He's, he's not a Van Dijk, but he'll, he'll be fine at centre-back. Matip will play his part. Gomez will play his part. We'll probably get a replacement in in January because um, Van Dijk is out for the season. But it does make us more vulnerable, the fact that uh, big Virgil Van Dijk isn't there. Mm. I've got a question for you, Des. You think they're going to change this uh, the system of play for Liverpool system of play now that VVD is out? Because so you know how did. the high press is, right? I, I saw yeah. a bit of a different a difference in the game. Yeah, it was a lot more conservative. It's more mm. of four-two-three-one, but that's also there to try and uh, incorporate uh, Thiago Alcantara in, into the lineup as well, because he's not the same kind of pressing midfielder. So you'll have two two dogs of war in the heart of heart of midfield to to carry on that pressing. And Jordan Henderson will do that superbly to maybe just to try to protect the back four a little bit more. So I suspect you'll see more conservative uh, Liverpool. But if you've got Mane, Firmino scoring, Jota coming on, he's not just a, a bit part player. Uh, and of course, Salah, you're going to score. You're going to win more games than you lose uh, yep. just with those four. So, um, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be a, a slight change, I suspect. But Liverpool, hey, they've played three of the top five and they're joint top of the league. Yeah. And they're in crisis. <laughs> <laughs> well they've got high standards to keep up to mate okay um we, we we've actually we highlighted Sheffield United at, at the start of the season as possibly struggling uh and and so far we've been proved right um the the Ryan Brewster gamble I he, I know he's young he's got a lot of potential but it is a gamble when you 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 obviously you need a guarantee of goals in the Premier League don't you Arvin Yeah five losses in six I mean the longer this goes on the longer the second season syndrome would come for Chris Wilder 
but it's looking really tough for them. Um, I thought uh, Brewster had a really, really um, difficult first game because they expected him to drop into midfield to help a lot when you go up against a team like, like Liverpool. Who know uh, you really that, well. Exactly. Uh, Ethan Empadu, I thought, was, was really good for them in centre in center midfield. So that's a, that's a bright spark for them. But again, with them, I mean, when you score three goals in six games, one is a penalty, you struggle. Um, with Sheffield United, if you don't score goals, you just don't get points. And their, their overlapping centre-back concept and philosophy of how Chris Wilder has played it only takes you so far. After a while, teams figure you out and they have been figured out this season. Uh, and I was reading a report that in January, they're looking to bring in Marcus Rojo from Man United on loan. Why? Why wouldn't you go out and get yourself an established striker who gets you the goals? Well, so, I, uh, I would take yeah. Phil Jones as well because they need to shore up at the back. Both of them. But really, with Sheffield United, it, it, it's looking like it's going to be a very long, hard season for them. Not, not good. Yeah. I, I thought it's a buy one, get two for you with Luke Shaw also. Hey, no, we need Luke Shaw for the Carabao Cup. Um, uh, <laughs> Southampton 2, Everton 0. Uh, the last remaining unbeaten record goes. And the Toffees are still top of the table on goal difference, but they were well beaten, Gogs. At, at, yeah. uh, it's not the Dell. What, what's, the new, what's the new stadium? St. Mary's Stadium. St. Mary's. St. Mary's. My goodness. How, how old, old are you, Ross? <laughs> yeah, the how Dell, mate. <laughs> But yeah, Matthew Leticia to come on and score the winner. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, big news himself. Um, but yeah, I mean, Ings with two assists, Southampton looked like a premiership team, Gogs. Yeah, so the, I, I was just, I mean, contrary to again what Avi was saying, is uh, Southampton the new Sheffield United because they, they've been, they're playing the same type of football as the Sheffield United were playing last season. They've got the overlapping uh, backs and all that, and they're scoring goals. I was a bit disappointed with Everton, uh, to be frank. I mean, they, I expected a bit more on this game. And uh, it, 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 it's showing that the players didn't actually show up for this game. They, you know, there was so much at stake and they didn't show up for this game. Southampton wanted it more and they got the goals. And uh, like, uh, I mean, the, again, VAR and all that stuff. But Everton, are, everybody was going on about being a complete unit. They didn't show it at this game. Hmm. They were a, bit, uh, a bunch of individuals more than a cohesive unit. And, and, and yes, there's, again, VAR, but um, you, you, you want to go on about that or, or you want to discuss Everton? No, I think we should because we, it, 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 it is destroying the soul of the game. And as predicted five years ago. Um, <laughs> Four. So, uh, so Everton, to, to, uh, to their, uh, I said at the start of the season, Everton got a brilliant first 11. Uh, but they were missing two of that first 11. Richarlison adds an awful lot. He holds the ball up a lot more. And the Alex Iwobi isn't as good as Richarlison. So they they, they lost that uh, offensive firepower. Sigurdsson came in. He's a great man to have, I think, coming off, off the bench. But he came in and he started. That meant that they missed the, uh, the aggression if, of Gomez. If he uh, had Gomez. scored, though, Des, if that had gone if in. If he had scored, yeah. It, uh, it, it was very close. What, it an, was what an very effort. close. It was... Um, but, you know, Everton will go through these lapses, but they'll, they'll still be a contender because their, their starting eleven is so strong. Southampton, Danny Ings is a revelation. But yes, can I please go on about VAR? Eight seconds. Eight seconds between the ball going over the top. The lad being three or four yards offside, uh, takes it into the corner, pulls it back. A midfielder comes up and joins into the attack. Pass to him. Midfielder buries it into the corner. Then the flag goes up <laughs> to, uh, 50, 50 yards away from the offside incident. Just 
makes no sense. So that one is is a rule making incident. The poor old referees have got to do what they yeah. are told. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a lousy rule. It's a lousy yeah. interpretation. You can't you can't blame VAR on that one. That's that's nope. technically the rule of the game. Yeah. yeah. Correct. So so, so it's the lawmakers. The, yeah. the lawmakers have made some real real a real dog's ear of several things this year, and they are just sucking the soul out of uh, the enjoyment of football. They are sucking the soul. Um, was it a red card for Dinia for you, Arvin? Or was it harsh? No, it, no, I think it was a bit harsh. Uh, but Liverpool fans would be happy because last week he was <laughs> yeah, last he week. was he, he was pictured uh, trying to pull the pocket out of the referee's back and get get uh, get a sending off. So they, they'll they'll be quite they'll be quite happy with that. Uh, what goes around comes around. What goes around. around comes around. But I agree with Des. I mean, uh, when you miss Richarlison and you miss Seamus Coleman as well, you 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 will suffer. Um, as, as, as much as we wax lyrical about James Rodriguez, he does not do any tracking back. He will not run back yeah. even to his own half. <laughs> he's and not that, that kind of player, yeah. He's not that player. And that, that leaves someone like poor old Ben Godfrey at right back, which is not even his position, suffering throughout the entire game. So, yeah, Iwobi didn't fill in. He didn't, um, James Rodriguez didn't look fully fit as well. Uh, interestingly, I, I read a stat that Everton have never won a Premier League game when they trail 2-0 at halftime. So wow. keep up for that. Whenever Everton are losing 2-0 at halftime, they're never going to win that game. So, But yeah, I mean, they'll do better than last season. But uh, interesting times for the blue side of Merseyside still. All right. Brilliant stuff. We're going to break here uh, for a little while. We'll be back with more of the weekend's football. You just stick with us. Five yards out, unchallenged, unmarked, makes absolutely no mistake. Off the ball on BFM 89.9. They are off and running in 2021. Off the ball on BFM 89.9. And we are back. Back with Des Corkill, with Arvin Sidhu and with Gogolin. You can tweet at BFM Radio. You can follow us on social media. It's BFM Football. Also, do subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's TFIF on video. Right, let's wrap up the weekend's football. Of course, there are two games to go. Uh, Monday night, Tuesday morning. We'll tell you about them later. But Arsenal nil. Leicester City won. Uh, is yet another coup for our beloved Brendan Rodgers, that's Corkin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, he comes in for a lot of stick, does uh, Mr. Mr. Rodgers. And, and they, had, um, uh, they had a little bit of a blip where they couldn't score goals. But this is a really good win. It was a hard-earned win. A little bit of fortune. Um, they might have gone behind to a goal that was, that was disallowed by the, uh, by the officials, um, probably correctly. Um, because the, the man was offside on, on, on the yeah, goal line. Was right in front and of then, the goalie, wasn't he? Yeah, and then they do a smash and grab, Jamie Vardy coming on. The interesting thing on that one, it was clearly a very tight game, but Xhaka uh, playing on the left-hand side of a back three, and he was slightly caught out by the, by the goal. There was a little ball over the top. Xhaka's trying to push forward, and then he has to readjust and come backwards, and the, the, the sub um, came on, uh, got behind him, and Vardy was able to exploit that space. So a very interesting use of uh, midfielders at the, uh, at, at the back for, um, uh, for, for Arsenal, and I think it kind of went against them. Mm. They're just trying to be very, they're trying to be old George Graham Arsenal at the moment, very tight at the back. And if they get it wrong, then they haven't got a huge amount of offensive firepower at the moment to actually um, uh, pick teams off, maybe as the Arsene Wenger days were. Yeah. Hey, things have gone really well since they sacked Wenger, haven't they? <laughs> hey. 
<laughs> by the book it, it doesn't have any Jose Mourinho in it spoiler alert um, uh, Granite Xhaka I actually sitting in Malaysia watching the English Premier League thousands of miles away I can actually figure out Granite Xhaka if you stop him from using his left foot he will either go back or sideways because that he doesn't trust his right foot at all Ergo, you now know how to play Granite Xhaka and Arsenal's midfield, Arvid Zidu. Yeah, you do. Uh, he, he, he lacks a lot of pace. I mean, even from his days at Borussia Mönchengladbach, he is someone who, if you press him and you press him on his weakened side, he is bound to make mistakes like what you said. Uh, but it's concerning for Arsenal from a perspective that they've got a better structure in place now with Arteta. The structure is there. But it's come at the expense of the fluidity that they expect from the attacking front. Since Aubameyang signed his contract, he's not scored a goal. Five goal Lacazette drought, has, right? Five game drought, La- Lacazette had such a bad miss with a header right yeah. in front of goal. You would think no to mess. yourself, no. yes, and you would think to yourself. I was reading Arsenal forums and they were saying that he's. Uh, we should. We've got this expensive flop in, and we let Giroud go. Giroud would have eaten those up every day. So Arteta needs to figure out that. Thomas Partey came in and, and added a lot more structure and steel as well. He seems to have got that sorted. Now he needs to be able to let them go out and play and let them express because they've got some attacking players. And when you've got a youngster like Bukaya Saka, who was their best outlet on the day, you should use that. So um, he just needs to figure this one out. It's, it's a rough patch that Ateta is going through right now. Gogs, I want to ask you this, being a, a supporter of a Midlands club, what are Leicester City... Are they a top six side? Oh, they've established their credentials as a top six side part the past season already. They, they, they are going to be building. And this, this performance, you know, despite the Arsenal dominating possession, they didn't look like they were going to be winning. And they came in Vardy. With Vardy, you'll always know, coming off the bench. Leicester didn't even start with a forward in this game. They just yeah. started with uh, Barnes, I think, up front or something like that. And still, Vardy comes off the bench. He had like a few touches and he scores. This is what the difference, and what uh, back to what Arvin was saying, you got to let uh, Arsenal uh, have the steel. Going back to the George Graham days of a one-nil Arsenal, they don't have the flair that Arsene Wenger had over the Arsenal that you know that just goes out there and scores goals uh, for fun. So you got to there's a compromise. I, I don't know what Arteta is trying to do. Whether he's trying to have a compromise between playing the Arsene Wenger style or back to the George Graham style, he's. He, they, I don't think they they know Arsenal knows what they're going to do yet. They, mm. One day you see a different Arsenal, another week you see a different Arsenal. All right. Well, um, smash and grab. Uh, the only way to describe that win for, for Leicester City. Uh, the two subs, Cengiz Unger and, and um, uh, Jamie Vardy, combining really well for the goal. Uh, all right. Uh, elsewhere, Crystal Palace won away at Fulham, 2-1. Des, I mean, I know it's early days, but we, we already predicted they're going to struggle, Fulham. Uh, he's a really nice guy and all that, uh, Fulham, <laughs> Fulham manager. But nice guys don't necessarily survive, do they? Yeah, that one point was... from six matches, 14 goals conceded, exactly. which I think is the, uh, is the disturbing thing for them. Then They're not going to score many. They'll be pleasing to the eye, so I won't be overly critical for them. But uh, it just seems to be a, a group of players who, 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 who are a little bit out of their depth. Got to mention VAR in this game because it produced a, a red card. Um, it's it's got to get in there. Nasty challenge from Kamara. I can understand yeah. why a red card was done. But the referee was in complete control of that. So there's no need for VAR to get involved uh, unless it's a clear, 
obvious mistake and uh, it, 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 was a, it was a nasty tackle. So some people will point to that as VAR doing the, the right job. Um, I say it doesn't need to interfere. Uh, the one bright spot for Fulham was their goal from, from, from Carney, but it was in the 95th minute. It was a stonker. Palace were boring as hell. Palace were dreadful. <laughs> okay. Palace, <laughs> boring as, you know, beep. But um, they're a Premier League side though, Arvid. They, they, they've tested. They, they, year after year after year, they are a Premier League side. So, so I recorded this game because I was watching the classical and then I went back and I watched it and I was thinking to myself, I could imagine Des watching this. What would he be thinking of how Palace is playing right here? If, if, if there's only one thing that you look forward to on Palace on the day, and he was sublime on the day, was Wilfred Zaha. Yeah. I mean, Wilfred Zaha on the day, he tried an outrageous scorpion kick. He had stepovers, he had dancing feet. That no-look pass to Jairo Radawal for that goal. So it, it's like you want to watch Zaha and then you want to blank out everything else around him <laughs> because everything else is so dour. But yeah, I mean, um, they, they hurt teams on the counter. Uh, Roy Hodgson, God bless his soul, he just looks like he's happy with his career. He's, his grandchild is one year elder than Scott Parker. That's how old Roy Hodgson is. <laughs> but he, 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 he just looks like... He's happy with how things are. You come at me, I will unleash Zaha on you on the counter. They'll survive, but Fulham, for me, um, Scott Parker, there's already some reports that they might be looking at getting in a new manager, in, which is unfortunate for him. But yeah, that's, that's how I felt about that game. All right. Uh, last remaining game, give it a mention. Wolves won, Newcastle won. Solid away point, Gokes, for Steve Bruce and the boys. Again, is, uh, is Wolves a top six side though? That's another question we've got to ask ourselves. You know, is Leicester is going to be considered a top six side? I, I think Wolves is, has to have ambitions as a top six side. They've got the personnel. They are they're solid at the back. It's just that, um, uh, but back to your question, Steve Bruce should be happy with that point though. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's carry on with it. Is, is Wolves a top six side? I, I put Leicester ahead of Wolves, Des. I think Leicester have more longevity. They, they've... Well, they've been close before. Wolves have had a good season. Now, now they've had some changes, though, this season to the squad. Yeah, but they're, they're still a, a nice footballing side. However, yeah. they've recruited their players, whatever the morality behind the recruitment of the players. They, they play nice football. Uh, they, they, they should have won here. It's a sloppy goal that Rui Patricio conceded. Uh, if your wall's not right and uh, your um, centre-back's able to curl it around, it's, it's not a good wall. And Rui Patricio... So, uh, let me pause there. Pause you mistakes. there. Let me pause you there, Des. Was that... So that was Rui Patricio setting up the wall wrong for that free kick? Yes. Yes, in my, in my book. Mate, yeah. you, should hear, you should hear Des setting up a wall. <laughs> I, I, I shudder to think <laughs> yeah. I still do nightmares <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, he's, he's got it wrong And Patricio don't, doesn't normally make those mistakes So if, if, um, if Wolves come away with that victory They are literally in, uh, right behind Leicester So it's a great question In the top five uh, with yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so I think uh, this this is a much better league this year because yeah. there are genuine contenders for yeah. top six. Your Wolves, your Leicesters, your Everton, Villas. Possibly they've started so well. Your Southamptons, maybe as well as your your Arsenal's and your Tottenham. So yeah, it's it's a good league this this year. And Wolves to answer the question, yeah, I think I think they're good enough. They're not they're not going to win the league because they haven't got that depth, but they are good enough for a top six place. All right, brilliant stuff. Uh, final break then. Uh, when we come back, we'll look forward to the midweek football. 
Stay tuned. No happy return, but a reality check bordering on a rude awakening. Off the ball on BFM 89.9. For this season, off and running with a goal inside eight minutes. Off the ball on BFM 89.9. And we're back. Back with Gogolin, back with Arvin and Des Corkill. Uh, usual places. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Follow us on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook. Two more games in the EPL happening uh, Monday night, Tuesday morning. Of course, they are an hour later. The clocks did go back in the UK uh, on Sunday. Unfortunately, they only went back an hour, not the 12 months we all hoped for. Um, We didn't actually get a chance to talk about the other European games because there were some massive games in Europe. So I think we should cover that very quickly before we move on. Um, the El Clasico, Arvin, happened at the weekend. Barcelona 1, Real Madrid 3. This is when uh, Ronald Koeman, after the game, said, I, I, I think VAR only exists to uh, against <laughs> Barcelona. <laughs> and, and this was a tug on the shirt, yes. Ramos falling in completely the opposite direction. Exaggerated, but penalty given. Yeah, it happens in La Liga more than often other places. To probably Des's upsetness, but it does happen. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a foul by the rule of the law. You do not try and literally pull someone's shirt off their back. Granted, uh, Ramos made the most out of it, uh, but that's what professional sportsmen do, unfortunately, in this day. You give them an inch, they take a mile of it. Um, Ronald Koeman, for, for all his coming out and saying, I think he has to look at himself a lot because why would you, up to the 84th minute, not try and seek and change something that's obviously not working. Madrid mm. were in the ascendancy anyway. Uh, they, they got their third goal eventually, but till the 84th minute, you, you, you don't change things. And then when it's too late, you try and change things and it doesn't work out. I, Kuman for me and Barcelona, they've got some really big concerns in the dressing room. I, I noticed something. We were talking about this over the chat. At the end of every El Clasico, you send out a senior player to talk to the media because the seniority of what that game means to them. They sent Sergino Dest out there. Now, this is someone who doesn't speak any Spanish. You expect <laughs> him to explain what has happened in a game. Granted, he, he was probably one of the better Barcelona players. He was, players. yeah, he was. He yeah. was. But there, there are some serious, serious issues with that squad uh, with Barcelona this season and what's happening at the back with their whole president as well. Madrid have got their issues as well. Don't get me wrong. But Barcelona have got some serious concerns moving forward. Mm. What about Spanish VAR, eh, Des? Oh, I'm shuddering at that comment. Cheated. We're endorsing <laughs> oh, cheated. No, 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 no. He cheated. That's, no. It's despicable. Absolutely despicable. But how, um, how, how can beyond, how can beyond, how can the VAR and and the, the on-field referee, after consulting the screen, not see that that was exaggerated? Sure, that was a foul. You you just you just go all right. Stop pulling your shirt. But that's it. Yeah, you, you put the nerds in charge. You put uh, things things by the book. You're allowing no interpretation to the referees. And Ramos cheated. I know. I, I completely agree with uh, uh, Des on this one because, it, I mean, of course, it's a pull of shit. But in every corner, there's so much going on that you yeah. know, if you're playing, if you played football, you would know what's going on at corners. Yeah. So yeah, and Ramos' exaggerated dive showed that he was going what he was in, his intent was. All right. So you know, the referee should have he should have stepped in there and overruled VAR. 
Okay, well, Real go top with that win. Uh, top of La Liga, 13 points from six games, six points above Barcelona already at this early stage. Uh, Bayern 5, Frankfurt nil. <clears throat> Robert Lewandowski, Gogs, is he the best number nine currently <laughs> flying his trade? Seriously, I, I, I mean, completely his, agree. His yeah. stats are amazing, right? I was I was switching between those games. Uh, I was during the El Clasico, right? That game was going on. And I was like, you know, he's, he kept scoring every time. I kept turning on. And I was like, yeah, you're right. He is the most perfect number nine right now in the in, in the on the continent. Mm. Uh, I'd, I'd like to put in a, a vote for Haaland at uh, Dortmund. Yeah, 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 goal yeah. against Schalke. Um, he's he's only a young kid, but his goal against Schalke is what just sublime. He, oh yeah, what a goal! It deep. He plays a one-two. He accelerates and sprints, beats a man, dinks over the goalkeeper, and the kid's a teenager. Wow. Oh, he's got he's got the potential there is enormous, but you know, right now, I mean Lewandowski is is he's, he's he, he is the finished article, isn't yeah, he? He's yeah, not he bad. Is, yeah. Not bad, is he? <laughs> <laughs> not bad. <laughs> All right. Um, the biggest scoreline of the weekend. Nobody likes <laughs> to see a completely one-sided game. Uh, but Ve 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 Ventlo nil IX of Amsterdam 13 in the Eredivisie at the weekend. It is the biggest victory in Ajax's history. It tops their 12-1 over Vitesse Arnhem in 1972. That was a good year, Des. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, one side at La Traore helped himself to five goals. I was surprised. Klaus Jan Klaus Van Huntelaar. Yeah. I yeah. checked it up on Wikipedia. He's 37, Des. He's 37. <laughs> a baby. A boy. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, what about a, a result like that? Freak result. I mean, there was a red card when it was 4-0. Uh, so the, the, the news from this for me is that there was no VAR involvement. Um, <laughs> del- delight, delighted to report that one. Nah, it, it, it's not good for any league to have a 13-0. It really isn't. Um, you, feel for, you feel for the league. You feel for the image because immediately Farmers League is, is, is thrown out at and uh, the league gets disparaged as a result. So not great for pro football. Yeah. Either Ajax were fantastic or Venlo were just very, very, very bad at defending. Oh, oh how long have you been waiting to say that, mate? Hey! Right, let's move on. <laughs> Two more Premier League games early tomorrow morning. Brighton versus West Ham is the early one. That one should put you to sleep. Uh, half past <laughs> one. It is not. Is that pay per view? Des is going to pay $14.95 for that one. <laughs> totally. But no, but Brighton, let's not do any injustice on Brighton. They have been good this season. West Brom are quite dull. Um, so we're not going <laughs> to touch on that game. We're going to move on to the 4am kickoff. Burnley versus Spurs. Jose Mourinho's Tottenham are flying high. They're coming off the back of some, some very impressive wins. Um, Bob said on Friday, they're playing exciting football, Des. Jose Mourinho's side. Let me read. hardly flying high. They're 11th. I, well, <laughs> flying, I high, flying high as in playing good football. And, and actually, yeah, they're, yeah they're, they're, I, I do think that they will be again be one of those competing at the at the top end of the table. They've got good players, and Mourinho's a, a top coach. However, however he comes across um, in, to the public, however defensive he is, players tend to want to play for him. Uh, he, he, he can ostracize, but generally, if he gets the players he wants, and Levy is supportive of his coaches, uh, then I can see Tottenham. Um, doing well here and being exciting and scoring goals. And he's revitalized Harry Kane, actually. He's made him into a, into a playmaker. 
Um, he's got Bale to come through defensively. They look um, a little bit more solid. Yeah, I think Tottenham will be fine. Uh, Tottenham will be very competitive this year. As for Burnley, good riddance. <laughs> a bit, bit harsh, Arvin, but um, they started later, like like Man United and Man City. So they've got a game in hand. But they are after four four matches, they've only got that solitary point, and they can only go so far. They they haven't improved that squad. Uh, they don't year in year out. It's a tiny squad. Uh, Sean Dyche, that magic must be rub- running out soon. Yeah, it's, it's really sad. I was, I was reading about Sean Dyche. This week, he's actually going to be his eighth year anniversary with the club. He's the longest serving manager in the Premier League. Now, this is someone who year on year, they've barely given him any resources. This season, he signed Dale Stevens. Dale Stevens from Brighton to be <laughs> the one that you expect to change things around. So there's a lot of fans, uh, Burnley fans, who are really upset with Peter Garlic and, and the board because they've not backed him. They've expected him to deliver every season and he's been able to deliver it. But they're becoming a bit too predictable. You know what you're going to get with them. Um, there's a lack in quality and it's going to be a tough season because they haven't been backed in, in the transfer market. Hopefully yeah. that changes in January. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't see them getting anything out of this game either. All right, 4 a.m. kickoff, that one. We have to, we have to, we... Sorry, Doc Cox? We have to understand what... The, what no, we are talking about Burnley. What, are they, what is their KPI for this for every season it's just to stay yeah yeah, it's exactly just staying up so you know they will do the bare minimum to do that and stay up and then you know reap the benefits of it every other season okay it's like yeah but now i I feel the bare minimum of not even investing at all other teams will surpass you yeah yeah so the the goalposts have changed Uh, yeah teams are investing if you don't yeah i agree completely so this is the argument why the top clubs can legitimately say hey breakaway league because you burnley aren't aren't bothered you burnley True. Just, I, I completely agree. yeah are those yeah. teams who just sit and don't provide entertainment to the subscribers to the paying subscribers get rid of them and that just weakens the whole premier league argument if they don't go out and try and win games there's a problem yeah. and i don't think burnley for the last five years have tried to go out and win games even when they came eighth i don't think they tried to go and win games they scored less than a goal a game and at the top level that's not good enough. And thin squad, you can groom players. You can have a youth development. You can introduce young, young players. If you're a really good coach, you can improve players. So I'm, I'm, I'm not having this poor, poor Burnley. They pick up £150 million every single year from a broadcast contract. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm yeah, sure we'll here first. In, in that same category <laughs> as Crystal Palace for Des Corkill. <laughs> All right. Let, let's just move on <laughs> very, very quickly. Look ahead to the Champions League. Some massive games. Liverpool versus Mitterland uh, are two moneyball teams going head to head. And I think Liverpool stole Mitterland's throw in coach from, from them. Yeah. But anyway. Should be easy for Liverpool. The standout game, Arvin, of the Champions League has to be uh, Man United against RB Leipzig. Leipzig currently top of the Bundesliga. I mean, United haven't won at Old Trafford this season. <laughs> what do you reckon? I don't think they, I don't think so. They're going to break that mark because Julian Nagelsmann. You've got such a young achiever stamping his philosophy on a club. Uh, they're top of the Bundesliga. Let's not forget they were in the Champions League semis last season. Uh, they came behind to beat Hertha Berlin on the weekend. Uh, so they, they are really, really enterprising, good playing football. Of course, we, let's leave the, the way that they've done this, the transfers and all that on the side. Julian Nagelsmann has been brought in to deliver and he's delivering it 
eventually to a bigger job. And interestingly enough, I was reading an article, Diet Upamakano, Man United, a couple of years ago, refused to pay 200 extra thousand to sign him. And he has gone on and now look at what he's done in his career. That kind of sums up Man United's recruitment policy for the last couple of years. But yeah, uh, I don't see Leipzig losing this one because they're flying high in the Bundesliga. That one's Thursday, 4 a.m. Man United, Leipzig. Man City are away at Marseille in Group C on uh, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. Can City, do, do City have a shout, Gogs, in winning the Champions League this year? I know that's, that's Pep's main prize. I think that's the only thing that's actually keeping Pep at City right now because, you know, if we, look, we talk about uh, these Premier League uh, uh, experience, uh, all that, and they don't, he doesn't look up for it. But if he's going to go at something that he wants to achieve, it's going to be the Champions League. And yes, I would think City are going to be built this season for the Champions League. Okay. Uh, Krasnodar versus Chelsea uh, in Group E is the early kickoff on Thursday. Uh, nil-nil there, Des. <laughs> well, uh, they celebrated the last two nil-nil, so so maybe not. It's uh, it's never easy to go to Krasnodar. <laughs> I don't even know where Krasnodar. Is. Where is that anyway? You may not <laughs> no idea. Krasnodar. That's the problem. <laughs> where, where is Krasnodar? In Russia somewhere. Russia. Oh, Russia. okay. <laughs> yeah, they have ways. Oh, come away with a nil-nil. So Chelsea, if, if I think Chelsea. Um, uh, ought to be competing at, at the at the top table. Uh, these kind of games, of course, it's it's difficult. It's a sporting challenge, um, but they should have enough to be able to cope with uh, these kind of trips and get out of that group. All right, but uh, go, can I go go back to that? Uh, can I go back to the RB Leipzig United game? I think United actually what uh, saved their best games for the Premier, uh, what the Champions League actually with the way against uh, you know, so you know Old Trafford on a Champions League night, it might bring the Rashford game back in. You know, it's very simple. If RB Leipzig go and attack United, then United have a chance. If they decide to sit back, <laughs> then United have no chance. All right. Um, in the Europa League, it's Athens against Leicester in Group G, Antwerp against Spurs in Group J, Arsenal against Dundalk of Ireland in Group B. Those are what a fight. story for Dundalk. What a story. Absolutely. Unfortunately, years. we haven't got time to talk about it. I've only got enough time to say thank you to Des Corkill. A Malaysian football back this weekend. The last remaining fixture in the CMB League of Super Malaysia takes place on Saturday, uh, UITM versus Sabah. And then the Malaysia Cup draw on Sunday. Brilliant stuff. And thank you, Arvin Sidhu. Thanks, everyone. Take care and stay indoors as much as you can. Thank you, Gogolin. Cheers, everyone. Stay safe. Thanks for listening, guys. See you Friday. Bye now. Off the ball every Monday on BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.